cut it, cut it out. <laughs> no, I'm keeping it. I'm definitely keeping it. <laughs> oh, Lord. <laughs> you know, it just feels different without a guest. It does feel different. It's interesting. Well, as y'all can tell, we don't have a guest this time. It's just going to be Samer and I talking about some of our personal experiences that um, we kind of talked about and realized that this is a conversation that's not had a lot that we Mm -hmm. have firsthand experience with and wanted to share and open up that discussion. Um, So yeah, bear with us because it's not very planned or anything. It's very much just going to be a discussion. So yeah, yeah, we're just going with the flow. Yeah, <laughs> we know generally what we want to talk about, and we'll just see what happens. All um, right. But yeah, so I, right. <laughs> <laughs> we feel like the basis of it has a lot to deal with microaggressions, um, which for those of you who don't know what a microaggression is, both Samara and I have two different definitions for it, but basically the same thing. So my definition of a microaggression is, and I Googled this definitely for a more accurate representation, but it's basically the everyday, slightly thinly veiled instances of racism. That's one form of microaggression. Um, Sam, if you want to give your definition. Yeah, let me, um, here we go. So microaggressions are defined as the everyday, subtle, intentional, and oftentimes unintentional interactions or behaviors that communicate some sort of bias toward historically marginalized groups. Um, And it goes on because it's a long definition. (laughs) And it says the definition or the difference between microaggressions and overt discrimination or macroaggressions is that people who commit microaggressions might not even be aware of them. So, mm-hmm. which I feel like, times, yeah, go ahead. I was just gonna say, like, a lot of times we're, I mean, our society is inherently racist since its, since its origins. So the fact that we've grown up, and I mean, you know, this is, it's a rebirth, like, people are waking up to the racism that exists all around them, but we, we've it's, we're just, like, it's accept, it's not accepted, but because it was, like, a, like you said, a historic, a historical, um, and I mean, it's still happening today, it comes out in so many different ways that we can't, we sometimes can't see it. Yeah, like, sometimes you don't even realize it's happening, like, in the moment, and you, like, you think about it, it's one of those things you think about later, and it's like, huh, that was a little racist, now that I think about it. That's actually a great segue into uh, (laughs) the conversation that we had that triggered this um, little Zoom zoom meeting that we're having right now because there were so many racist microaggressions that we experienced that you know whether it be in elementary school middle school or even high school um i mean even college like it's still happening today (laughs) um but the thing the difference is that now we have a name to put to to the these things that are happening to us and when i was younger and people were calling me an oreo people were telling me that i was pretty for a black girl 
you know, like grabbing chunks of my hair, like those types of things. I, I mean, it felt weird. Like I was being singled out, like I was a freaking zoo animal, Mm -hmm. but I didn't know it was racist. Right. I've faced similar things. Like you said, growing up in predominantly white situations or areas or however you'd like to call it, um, but not being the majority, which most of the time we're not the majority um, in most of those situations. So for someone like me and us who like don't even like you just don't even realize it until you talk to someone else who face the same things and realize what was actually happening to you. So for me, that didn't happen until I got to college and met you, who was someone else who had faced some of the same things. And, you know, growing up being like, oh, you're pretty for a black girl or you're well-spoken for a black girl or, Mm -hmm. you know, the hair thing. I've gotten the hair thing a lot, which I think has a lot to do with, you know, how I even look at myself as a person, I think it has a lot to do with some of the anxieties that I've faced and body insecurity because of these things that are pointed out to you by, you know, Mm -hmm. someone who's not your race. Um, Just like thinking that it's kind of like complimentary when really, no, that's just racist and mean Um, (laughs) and not realizing it. Yeah. It doesn't make you feel special to hear that you're the that you're pretty for a type of person right that in no way it's like one of those backhanded compliments that it's like would you appreciate if I said something like that to you you know exactly can't you just say that I'm cute or pretty or whatever you're gonna say and just that's it period based on my own merit just because like why does it have to come with oh and also you're black like but why? Why did you, why did that have to come into play here? Um, mm. And that happened a lot. And I think growing up in those types of situations where you didn't really know what to do, so you kind of I know myself. I internalized a lot of those things, and I think again has to deal with a lot of the anxieties that I have um, and some things that I've faced, and not really talking to anyone about it. Um, until recently and like realizing it and, you know, being reaffirmed, like, Hey, like, no, you're pretty because you're pretty. Like you're popping because you're popping that type of thing. And you're smart. You work hard and, you know, just the way you talk, that's just the way you talk. Like who cares? Um, so like, mm -hmm. yeah. And like, just never feeling, I guess, um, that you had a place or feeling accepted because, you know, you face those microaggressions from people who are not your race. But then the other side of it is, you know, other black individuals being like, oh, like you talk too proper or like not being black enough to associate with them. So then you basically, you have this just identity crisis, which, um, is hard. It is hard. It's, You know, and now in the media, at least, we're seeing a lot more people of color on screen, but, you know, you go to school and you don't have an example kind of like to look up to someone who is, who looks like you, that you can be like, okay, I see myself represented here and I can kind of take their lead, um, you know, when whatever, however they're responding to the situation is maybe how I could respond to this or something like that. We didn't have those examples. 
and then you look like you go home and you turn the TV on and it's more of um, like it's extremely whitewashed and there may be the token black girl in the show but she's she doesn't hang out with other black people and she is someone that would be labeled an Oreo I'm sure mm-hmm. and so you're just kind of like okay I mean I guess I just hang out with white people and I'm that one black kid you know that's what's right. normal mm-hmm. and you know I always try to have a diverse friend group like as much as possible but you know still from people like it most of the time it came from people I wasn't even friends with or like really that close to like I dealt with it a lot like being um the one of the only black girls on my drill team in high school um that was a really big thing and I I remember this clearly Mm -hmm. um someone who was on the track team at my high school being like you know like we're all rooting for you because you're the one black girl and like you're good and you're representing and all these other things. And like at the time, like I took it as a compliment because I was like, wow, like I am being accepted by my own community. Like people see me and yeah. you know, like, but also there's that side of, well, like, you know, if, if I'm, if I'm that, like, why aren't we friends? Like, why haven't you approached me before now? Why haven't, you know, we made those yeah. connections. Yeah, that's interesting that they said we're all rooting for you. Yeah, and I'm like, huh? <laughs> like, wait, what? Okay. Right. All right. See that gallery? Like, you could have, you could have, <laughs> right? Me on, but it's it's fine. Thank you. <laughs> right, and so, and that's something you do with grow again, growing up in a community where you are the minority. Um, so. It, it was an everyday thing. It wasn't, it wasn't just like, you know, every once in a while, even like when I would put makeup on for maybe like a game or just like, just to wear to school, just to be fun or whatever. And be like, oh, that shade like really looks good on your skin. And like, um, that would, I like, that wouldn't work for me. And, and it's like, thanks. I think. Yeah, that it wouldn't work on me. Like, that's a comment that I mean, that's like a frequently used one. Right. And I feel like it's seen as such a compliment, but at the same time, it could be taken as a microaggression. Like, like, thank you. But also, why did we have to mention that? Like, it, like yeah. I feel like the comments Maybe were like, oh, <laughs> this works really well for your skin tone. Cool. But uh-huh. you're intentionally like, oh, that color really looks good on your, like, you know, just more, I don't know how to explain it, more intense. When they're making it about your race instead of, like, yes. the, the fact that you're wearing that shade of whatever makeup, Right, you like, know? you can tell the difference <laughs> in the, in the yeah. two different scenarios. Um, so even things like that growing up, and really, I feel like I didn't find my true identity or realize I was having a true like face that I was having an identity crisis until I got to college which is why I'm every day thankful for our relationship and those friends that we did make our freshman year because they had such an impact on me of like you know Alana like you rock like you know you don't have to you know worry about all this outside noise happening like just focus on you and do what makes you happy wear what you think makes you look good and like all these different things so um yeah that was yeah yeah it's just something you deal with and I feel like it's not talked about a lot 
Yeah, it's sad. It's really sad. And I hope that it's changing. I hope that because from what I hear from my younger cousins, like the way they tell me is like, it's not cool to be mean anymore. So I don't maybe like things. It seems like they're a lot more socially aware than we were. And obviously the internet can teach you so much about you know, different cultures and what it's like to be oppressed. And, you know, it can be an eye-opening experience for so many people that I think that even the younger kids are getting it. Like they are having full-on history lessons on TikTok. Um, yeah. So they got it, you know, but when we were younger, it just wasn't cool. Like it wasn't cool to be woke like that. Um, right. Yeah. People feel picked on and I totally understand being rejected by white friends and being rejected by black friends it's like where where like what yeah and that's that's kind of tough because you end up I know it definitely affected my self-esteem because I was never like no one ever had a crush on me like that was such a rare experience that when it did happen I was like you know, I was like, I, I should, like, it shouldn't have been as big of a deal to me as it was, but it was because it just didn't happen. Like, nobody likes the black girl in the group. Like, these white boys want to be, like, they've been trained <laughs> to be with this white girl. And that's just, you know, it's not in the cards for you. You're like the, the last one that anyone's going to look at. And so even if you are a beautiful human being, which we all are, like you can feel so just, you can feel like worthless. Yeah. Mm -hmm. For sure. I definitely feel that a lot. And, you know, that kind of segues again into the conversation of being that token black person who's supposed to know everything. Um, oh. And like, know mm, all the yeah. friends, know all this, know this history when it's like, okay, but I wasn't raised in a situation where that happened to me. So like, for example, um, when I used to live in Texas, and so I learned Texas history. And once I moved to Birmingham for school, that's when I, it was a super eye-opening experience. And actually, to me, it was beautiful because I learned so much about the civil rights movement and everything that happened in Birmingham and all of the history here. Like, it's plentiful. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like I'm always learning. But then there are those times where it's like, you know, I might not know something. And if I say it around certain people, like even certain black people, it's like, oh, you don't know that. Like, how do you not know that? Like, ugh, like you're, you're black. You're supposed to know these things. And it's like, okay, but I wasn't raised in the same situation that you were. So why not, instead of criticizing me for that and putting me down for not knowing something, why don't you just teach me? Or educate. 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 Like, isn't that the whole point? Yeah, it doesn't, yeah, you're wasting space at that point, you know, if you're just gonna hate on someone for not knowing, you know, like we're all learning, like it's a process. Mm -hmm. And like you said, we don't have the same upbringing. We all have different backgrounds. And so assuming that somebody like knows everything that you do, that's ignorant, right? Like that, right? and that's not how we move forward. Exactly. Um, so being open and, and when you do know something, like being very willing to like 
tell someone and explain like in a nice way that they can understand like there is power in that and I think that that's how you change people's hearts at the end of the day it's not by shutting them out or shaming them or making them feel bad about not knowing as much as you did um like you know or expecting yourself yeah or like expecting it or like even you know that common saying like oh you're gonna get your black card taken because you don't know this fact or haven't watched this movie or heard this music like how many times has my black card been taken I'm not even black at this point right it's like what like (laughs) like there's so many people who are holding my black card right now and I don't think I'm ever getting it back you know right it's like no reclaim it because that's you that's just you and those people like I get it's a joke it's not you know, but it's a it's another form of a microaggression at the end of the day like call a spade a spade yeah period because like if we're not if we're not a hundred percent on everything like then what's the point right and no one is that's the thing like yes you may know more history than me but I may know more of something else than you like we're not perfect we're constantly learning we're human like you know just create this space of education instead of putting people down I think is the main point and you know I didn't really experience that again until I got to college and it was actually last year when I went on a trip and um, we landed back in Birmingham Shuttlesworth Airport and I had never been to a certain side of the airport where it explains the history of the name of the airport and I was like I was reading it and I was like wow that's so fascinating like I never learned about that because again it's not something that's taught in one all history books let alone Texas history book like you learn Texas history like I learned about the Alamo I did not learn extensively about the civil rights movement like it was a it was like Rosa Parks sat on the back of the bus and Martin Luther King gave his speech that was about it yeah and that's problematic in so many ways right there like how is that the extent of your civil rights education right exactly but so when I read that history and I was with some girlfriends and I was like oh my gosh y'all like did you like I was so excited to share this new information like did y'all know the history of the name of this airport and they're both from Birmingham and they were just looking like yeah like we're surprised you don't know and but instead of being like oh your black card's taken away or oh you should have known this yeah. one of my friends was like y'all we have to understand that she learned Texas history she didn't learn the same histories that we learned so you know what that's awesome I'm happy that you learned that today and ex- you know extended your knowledge of your history so I love when I learn something new like on a on a day I, my favorite expression is you learn something new every day because you <laughs> so really do I learn something new I'm like I can use my expression you know like right. it's a good day. <laughs> yeah and like you just get so excited about it and it's yeah. heartening when people put you down because it just makes you feel like well what was the point right and now I don't even want to look it up <laughs> right like now I'm just over it and I'm just gonna go in my hole and be alone <laughs> Right, right, right. And we to keep this movement going, we really have to embrace everyone who wants to be a part of it and everyone who wants to learn and be a better person. Because Lord knows, like, you know, 
our government's not going to do it for us. It's not. It's, and if you're waiting on that, and you'll be waiting a very, very long time, like, who knows? Possibly forever. Possibly (laughs) forever at this rate. But, you know, there is a lot of positive change that's happening, I will say that. And it is really cool to, you know, be growing up. (laughs) (laughs) in a time where you know I'll be able to tell my kids about this you know yeah yeah you know what we will be in the history book soon enough and even if it's not make my own history book listen this is what happened my social media feed (laughs) like this is what happened and this is what mommy went through in 2020 it was a crapshoot <laughs> but here's all the good things that happened. Here's all the history that was made. And you know what I mean? Right. Hopefully, like, I'll look at all the positive change that came out of this terrible year. <laughs> right. And, you know, I, everybody keeps saying it's going to be a terrible year and 2020 is just the worst to so throw the whole year away. When I think mm-hmm. 2020 needed to happen. 2020, like, the way it's been happening. And, you know, a lot of people have been like 2020 vision, like it's opening our eyes to so many problems in society that we no longer are just going to accept and need some change. And it has to, it has to happen. It just, it just has to, mm-hmm. there's no getting out of it. There's no, there's no more sleeping. Oh, oh! <laughs> but, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. I just like now I'm thinking about the fact that you were supposed to represent black people on your dance team in high school and like what a large ask that is of a high school student who's just in an extracurricular trying to do her thing. Mm-hmm. And that's what it turns into when you're black in white dominated societies, you turn into the token like you just do like there's nothing you can you end up representing the whole race and it's exhausting sometimes to be the person that has to input like what is the black like the black voice like what are, what is she thinking in this situation or we have to respect or we have to be like more sensitive or walk on eggshells because there is this person in the room right now and she might take offense to it because she's a minority or whatever like yeah, or in some cases, just not even thinking about that and doing or saying in any way. That happened more often than not. Um, and, you know, I used to, we had, um, what's it called, headshots taken every year for, the, for you know, that year's team. And I just looked from the start of that team to when I was there and counted how many Black people had been on the team. And I maybe got to 20, maybe. That's really crazy. And these were team sizes. By the time I was on the team, it was about close to 55 to 60 girls on that team. Mm -hmm. And and I was one of maybe three other black girls. Oh. To give you a ratio of how deal it was. Yeah, that that puts in perspective because I was thinking it was maybe like 12 girls. So I was like, okay, like a third or a quarter maybe, wow, that is a huge, that's really wild to me, that's really wild. And it's just because, you know, I was just, I was a dancer, and that's just what I did, and it just so happened that, you know, I was, like, like you said, I was the representation of that, and it was a lot, I'm not gonna lie that it wasn't, Um, but, you know, I made some really great friends on that team, 
who were woke enough to recognize something like that and call it what it was and be there for me. So that was beautiful. And for those friends, I'm thankful for them every day. Like I'm still friends with them. Um, But there were some people who weren't like that. And, you know, I just, and it, it sometimes I just, I wanted to be friends with them just to try to fit in when really it's like, eh, I, I could have lived without that. Not saying that they're horrible people or anything like that or discrediting them at all, but, you know. Yeah, you know, like there's some people that are just aren't meant to be in your life and that's okay. <laughs> yeah. So I think in this conversation, our main point is educate instead of putting people down about what they don't know and mm-hmm. just being we can, well but, yeah yeah no I was just gonna say hopefully we can be I, f- I feel like this is a community hopefully where people feel safe and accepted mm-hmm. um, but hopefully we can continue to be stewards of what we're saying by you know inviting more people on the show talking to people of different um, backgrounds and cultures and just, I don't know, like keep up the good fight. Right. Exactly. That is exactly what we want to do with this. I think from the beginning, that was one of our main missions. Like we wanted this to be a communal space for anybody. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter how you identify yourself. Like this is, like you said, a safe space. So And I think moments like this where we're being vulnerable and not holding back and being completely transparent to situations that that affected us, that could affect somebody, could be affecting or have affected somebody else in our community. Like, we are here for you guys. Mm -hmm. We are here to have those conversations. We want to spark those conversations. And Samra, you can tell where I'm going with this. You can email us at shewellreadqa at gmail.com. Or you can follow us on all of our social media. We're everywhere. Um, I don't think there's social media that we're not on. Yeah. Um, And we actually specifically have a Facebook group for conversations like this one. And, you know, obviously about the books that we're covering in these seasons and just different topics and conversations. We want that to be a safe place where people can come and speak their minds and not be bashed, not be, you know, just don't be hurtful. Think about what you're saying before you say it. Um, I think it's right. really big. Um, and just, you know, just building this community and seeing where it goes. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's the one. <laughs> that's, that's the one. <laughs> um, so, with that, um, I think that was pretty much all we had to say. Samra, correct me if I'm wrong. No, yeah. Um, hopefully, <laughs> hopefully someone found this helpful today and this encouraged someone to, you know, just be you and you, who you are is okay. And who you're growing to be is even better. Oh, yes. Speak it. Manifest it. Manifest it. Yes, absolutely. Um, and with that, we have one more episode in this series that we will be releasing and then it's back to releasing our podcast episodes. You can follow us. You can find us anywhere on any podcasting platform um, to listen to, you know. Spotify, Apple Music, (laughs) 
Apple Podcast. Apple Podcast. There you go. Um, and you know, hopefully in the future we can have more. Kind of. <laughs> you can um, low key find us on SoundCloud. Low key, right? Um, <laughs> but you know, hopefully in the future we can have more conversations like this with more people, and you know, provide resources. We're always looking for different resources to plug for our audience. Um, so if you have anything, please feel free to DM us or shoot us an email. Again, that's shewellreadqa at gmail dot com. Um, one more time for the one. One more time. <laughs> it couldn't hurt. Um, and with that, <laughs> we will see you all next time. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Thank you for listening today. We hope you enjoyed the episode. Please follow us on all of our social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Pinterest, and YouTube to stay in the loop of all things She Well Read. And remember, if you have anything to add, comment, suggest, feedback, send it all to SheWellReadQA at gmail.com. And for any business inquiries, send us an email to SheWellRead at gmail.com. Be sure to subscribe, download, and leave a review for today's episode. And subscribe to us on any platform you listen to podcasts. We love you. Thanks again. Bye.